Hi Mira, you're the first one. Uh, if I to speak, yeah, you're still. Um, you have to mute yourself on Zoom, otherwise I'm gonna hear you twice. Um, you have to unmute yourself. Hello, on I'm, the, I'm here there, now. There I'm we here. are. And hi, Lizzie. <laughs> hi, Evelyn. Hi, Willie. Um, see if any anybody else might join. Um, because it's such a nice subject. I hope that a few more people will join. But I announced it yesterday, so I'm not sure if that really, really works. Um, I did put it on Twitter, so maybe those that are listening can send a retweet or something. And if not, we're just going to start with our small group that we have right now. Mm -hmm. Well, let's give it maybe 30 more seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, Which gives me text time to look at my text for a moment on how we are starting. And it's one minute past eleven. Shall we just start? One minute yep. past five okay. for you, I guess. And one minute past four. <laughs> I'll have to put it a little bit, a little bit louder. There we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see. Who knows? Somebody might still join. And um, mm -hmm. uh, and I need to adjust my ear. Sorry. Need another second. Okay, all set. Great. Um, then we cut it off from here and I see Sharon joining as well. Hi Sharon, we're just going to start. Hi everyone, thanks for joining. It is springtime and we're getting close to summer for those listening on the Northern Hemisphere and especially for those living in countries with harsh winters, and I'm one of them, it is time to go out in nature again. and. Perhaps we can go for really long walks. And both are good for you. Spending time in nature is good for you, but also walking is good for you. So no surprises there that if you combine it and you go walking in nature, that is even better. And that is what we want to talk about today. Why walking in nature is good for you. Because we feel often that it's good for us, but there's actually scientific reasons why that is the case. So. Uh, what we hope to achieve is that we encourage you to go out in nature much more. Um, this is the Green Living Podcast. Now, I suppose that you could say that walking in nature is a kind of logical activity for people that like to live green because you are actually going out into the green. And with that, I would like to say welcome, Vanessa. I, I know you're a walker too. What, what is your favorite walk? Gosh, um, <laughs> uh, hello everybody, um, and we'll hopefully look forward to hearing some of your thoughts a bit later on. Um, but gosh, I've I, I love I, I walk I walk all the time. I kind of I, years and years ago I, I just I used to be quite, did quite a lot of long distance walking and things. Um, my favourite walk now, really, I think um, where I live, I live um, in the Chiltern Hills. Um, if anybody knows um, the UK, it's absolutely stunning. It's really beautiful. Um, it's quite close to London. And for me, I, I, it's, it's walking in Ashridge Forest. It's, um, it's full of trees. There's loads of, there's ash, there's elm, there's oaks, there's birch, there's just all sorts of things. And then, and how they steward the forest is fantastic because all the, 
trees that kind of fall down or whatever, they're left. So you have this fantastic ecosystem of um, mushrooms and mosses and lichen and everything else. And as a photographer, I just, you know, I, I spend hours. I can just, you know, a 20 minute walk, you know, turns into a two hour kind of like saunter <laughs> um, when I've got the camera. And uh, just spending my time looking at macro photography and looking at all the sort of beautiful beauty that nature is. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. And of course, at the moment here, we've got the bluebells. So my favorite walk at the moment is actually among the bluebells um, up in the woods there and uh, the heady scent the beauty of them, how their little heads sort of like, you know, bend over and sort of dance around. And, and then you get the dogs that kind of like fly in and fly out, as well as the children that fly in and fly out. And they're kind of, you wonder if, you know, you know, sort of animals have got such a heightened sense of smell, what that does to their brains. Um, it'd be really interesting actually to kind of, um, you know, to actually talk to somebody who's interested in like, you know, sort of, you know, olfactory glands and stuff and to see how it how it affects, you know, how nature affects animals. You know, if there's a different strong smell or whatever, or how it sort of like affects their brains. I know it has a positive effect on us, the different smells like rosemary is really good, for instance, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so that's my favourite walk. I've gone off on a bit of a bit of a bit of a bit of a tangent there. But uh, Alex, have you got have you got a favourite walk where you are at the moment? Uh, yeah, what you're describing sounds, sounds amazing. Yeah, and it's well for for me if I if I mm. don't talk about let's say long walks, but just for for where I like to walk. I think my favorite place in the world is is the island that I often write about in in the Netherlands, where mm. uh, where I normally spend time in 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 the summer, and I hope to spend at least some of my time in the summer on on that island as well, where. Mm. Um, my house is really close to nature. It's just like a five-minute walk. And from then on, I can just walk for hours and hours in in the dunes where we have wild uh, uh, ponies. They're, they're like semi-feral. There's like once a year, mm -hmm. there's a doctor coming to check them. But for the rest, they live completely in the wild. And there's like these... Uh, Scottish Highlander um, uh, cows that are walking around there. They look like bison or something. <laughs> and um, and there's all kinds of other wildlife and also also much smaller, like frogs and butterflies or whatever. And you have completely different landscapes. You have like the old inland dunes. Uh, you have the um, uh, the forest in the dunes. Uh, there was a, that's a planted forest from the 1930s when... Um, when in America you had these kind of programs to get people to 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 start replanting in Tennessee, etc., and the, we had the same kind of of, uh, of 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 labor projects in in the Netherlands, and a lot of what we did was was planting forests, and those forests are still there, also in the east of the country. They're amazing, mm -hmm. and then there's the beaches nearby. I love to go to the beaches. So. Um, it's it's no coincidence. I I just looked for decades in my life for the best place to live, and I decided that this is the village where I want to live. And and, and there I bought a very small house to uh, to live there. Um, so yeah. So but but also I mean there's the there's the much longer walks. I mean the the kind of you, you might call it through hikes where you uh, where you really follow lo long trails. Have, have you done that? Have you done like you know, with with um, whatever days or weeks of, uh, of following a long trail. Mm, yeah, I have. Yeah, I think um, two of my favourite have been the uh, the West Highland Way um, up in Scotland, and the other one was uh, along Hadrian's Wall. Um, oh wow! You know, yeah, amazing. Um, 
so different. I mean, they're kind of they're north, <laughs> um, and um, but they just for, uh, the interest was so different. I think for me, um, Hadrian's Wall was really interesting because actually it was it was naturally very beautiful because if you think about Hadrian built the wall um, on a natural um, kind of uh, division. Um, they, he finally built the wall to divide the Scotland basically from the English or from where, you know, the, the occupied territory, as it were, for the Romans. Um, but it was a natural um, undulation of the earth to sort of say, right, OK, there's a natural barrier. We're going to stick a wall on it. And, and really, that's kind of what they did. And so you can imagine as you're walking across it, you're, you've got fantastic views. Um, it's, it's hard going because you're going up and down hills and stuff. But um I think as some of the listeners might know I've I've my I was a lecturer to start off with so I've got a PhD in in, in ancient Greek um but I, I lectured in in Latin and Greek and was interested in ancient civilization so for me going across where the Romans were you know going to Housteads where I, I'd studied all the Vindolanda tablets and things so being able to see um an ancient site in real in in a, in a locally uh, and I'm sure maybe some of the people who are listening, apart from people in America, maybe <laughs> um, will be able to find somewhere equivalent where they can go and, and kind of experience history um, within actually planted within a landscape. Um, so you also imagine, you know, obviously this is about green living um, and about bringing nature into into our spaces. For me, that was kind of also an eye opener because they would have been on the frontier. They would have seen, you know, it's, it's cold up there. You know, when it's cold, it's bitterly cold. Um the, you know, the snow comes down, there's there's um, mist, there's all this kind of stuff as well. So um, so that was one of my favourite ones. But you work, walk from one side from um, a place called Wall's End, um, which is on the, as you're looking at the map, it's on the right-hand side, so the east side. <laughs> and you go through Newcastle, so you're seeing, um, you've got industry, you've got shipbuilding, you've got all this kind of stuff, you've got heritage um, you also go through, then you go through Newcastle, you've got all the fantastic bridges, you've got industrial hi uh, history, and then you break out and you come out into the open space um, and you're out into nature, you're out into the wilds of nature. And it's just you and the elements, really. Um, so, and that's an amazing kind of mindset change as well, um, because it does make you think about how we're living because most of us do live in a town or a city and then when you're just walking with you in your backpack you know or you with your friends or whatever it is and you're just just yeah just at one with nature and you're fit I don't know about you Alex but what I really love is when you're walking long distance um or you know you, you're just you become one with your feet and how you're placing your feet on the floor and you know that the terrain might change um naturally as well as when the weather changes and then you've got a different focus of your brain and you have a different union a different communion with nature and what it gives us and how we interact with it and how we perceive it as well so we have a different um sensitivity to it so um so that was one really um as i said the other one was the west highland way which um starts in milgai um, it's actually written as Milgavi, <laughs> um, but I think you pronounce it as Milgai um, in Scotland. Um, and um, it's in the in the highlands of Scotland. And then you walk from there right up to Fort William. Um, and I, I did that and that was just stunning. It was raining. So a lot of it was head down. And I was thinking, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but there was a bluebell woods at the, right at the beginning and... Um, yeah, and, and then halfway along, there was a random um, chap in the middle of nowhere 
on on uh, some bagpipes, which is a traditional um, instrument of Scot Scotland. If people don't, I'm sure people know what bagpipes are, which they say might have started in India. But there's another whole thing about that. But um, yeah, anyway, really amazing. I just rounded the corner. That's about and about the Scottish as pil- you can get. So you're walking through the hills in the rain. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, was, and there's a guy with a kilt who's playing playing bagpipes. What was that about? <laughs> you know. But anyway, but so, but you could, but it was beautiful. I mean, this this the scenery was amazing. So um, yeah. Uh, do you have a long distance walk, Alex? That you've done? well, what I really like uh, in in walking, apart from from the island that I mentioned, because there is, mm. it's difficult to find a path where, where I haven't walked it. But in the Netherlands, I walked. Uh, all the way from well, all the way. I mean, Netherlands is small, but still, I walked all the <laughs> way from the the tip of Netherlands in the north, all the way to the south, and that's like like zigzagging a bit. Um, so it's like five hundred kilometers, and mm. it is such an amazing walk because, for the first time, you really get to know your own country. Because mm. I think for most people, it's 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 the case that you know a few cities. And then you know the highways that connect those cities. And apart from that, you have like you know a couple of pieces of nature where you go into to experience a bit of nature, and then you go back in your car and you drive back to your city. And if you really walk down your whole country, and you you really experience it in such a different way, you experience that it's much bigger than you ever thought it was. Um, it's also that you end up in all kinds of very small villages where you would never ever go to for the simple reason you don't know anybody there. There's not something like a museum or a company or something that you have to visit for whatever reason. It is just you go to that village just because you need a cup of coffee and a lot of coffee when I walk. So I stop <laughs> in every village to order more coffee. And so you end up in these little villages. You you there's there's just one little cafe in the middle and you talk to local people that speak an accent that is hardly recognizable as Dutch and I find that amazing in our small country and also um, yeah two more things one about how beautiful our country is because people think of Netherlands as they think about Amsterdam and then about tulip fields and and then some people with wooden shoes and that's about it and then (laughs) the American tourists go on to Paris because that's the next day in their schedule and the day after they have to be in Rome um if so nobody nobody goes there no tourist goes there except for maybe a few dutch uh, dutch hikers and uh and so so one is so beautiful this the other thing is the enormous diversity because for in other countries where i've walked it's often that you you just you walk for hours and hours and you see the same landscape mm. in the netherlands you just walk for like half an hour and you're in a completely different landscape than you were before. And that is changing so much because also it's the history of our country, how it was shaped by first the Ice Ages and then basically by us because we, we changed everything. Um, we made it a beautiful place. It's it's really, yeah, I think it's an amazing place to, to walk. I don't expect to walk too much there this summer, but I think in about two weeks I will... Um, I will I will cross the Atlantic. I will I will land in the Netherlands, and before I go anywhere else, I suppose I'll probably do a bit of walking in the Netherlands, and um, uh, maybe in, in in my favorite province of Zealand. But I'm not sure yet where I go. But I'll I'll mm-hmm. I'll post about it. And um, but there's also mm-hmm. um, uh, the, we we said the question why walking in nature is good for you. There's actually a whole lot of reasons by all kinds of experts 
why walking in nature is good for you. So apart from that, it just feels good. Um, there's 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 a lot more to it, and um, it, it it researchers have have shown that there's a, a very strong correlation that they can just measure between spending time in nature and positive moods, and. Um, it gives all kinds of uh, chemicals in your brain, and they've measured them and described what kind of measures, uh, what kind of uh, uh, chemicals these are. But these are like chemicals that reduce stress, and they boost your mood and well-being. And I have quite a few friends that have had a burnout, and uh, with all of them, I was surprised because they were such stable, hardworking, highly motivated, extremely funny and nice friends of mine that I thought were, were you know, the most the most stable people uh, you could think of, and they are. But they did get their burnout, and each and every one of them was advised by their doctor to go walking in nature as soon as they were up to it. The first thing they said was just go out and walk in nature so it really it really does something for you and all of them came out perhaps even stronger than they were before because they are now more aware of where the limits are of, of how much you can handle and um, one of them is actually um, two of them are actually uh, doctors like like gps general practi mm. practitioners mm. and both of them are um uh, highly motivated, very funny guys. And both of them had seen dozens and dozens of patients in their lives with exactly the same symptoms that they were developing, but they mm -hmm. didn't recognize it to them at, them at themselves because they didn't consider themselves potentially being a patient as well. But all of them, so they, they yeah, they are sent into nature and that is part of, of the treatment of uh, helping somebody when, uh, when you have a burnout. Yeah, it's true, actually. They're doing a thing called nature prescription or nature prescribing here. Um, they've started doing it. So as you say, where doctors are saying, well, if you've got stress, then you need to you know, go outside and, and sort of give, give you a certain thing. Some, um, some sort of nature workers or nature healers, if you want, or um, counsellors as well, have actually teamed up and are on um, certain registers uh, because they do um, healing uh, um, activities in nature so they'll take people outside and and um, and then sort of walk them around they even you know they even take them out with horses and things as well so there's all different things that are going on at the moment because they've recognized that fact um, that you know that it's really good um, for for your mind um, this is funny actually you sort of say I mean nature is so good yesterday everything was going wrong I had like one of those days where you know things broke um just and i was stressed and the computer didn't work i'd done a shoot mm. in the afternoon and the thing wouldn't connect to the machine and, and i was like everything was driving me nuts and i said i did my space clearing i tidied things up i was getting a bit ocd with everything and i and i, I just i just sort of i stood outside i stood outside it was raining i put my flip-flops on <laughs> just grounded myself under the trees i've got cherry trees out here and then we went for a walk around the corner it was just like let's just go for a walk and chill and feel the air and everything else and you know what i came back and it was like like the ions in the earth had kind of filtered out like a tea bag or like a tea strainer and all the crap the rubbish was like just filtered through this tea strainer 
Um, and I came back a new person. So I was like, I was, I was all right after that. But yeah, sorry, I've gone, gone, gone off on another tangent. But um, yeah, no, but nature prescribing is a, is a really, yeah. is a well, really good thing. It it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it must mean something in the air. I recognize the day that you described. So maybe, maybe more yeah. people had that. And um, yeah, and it's also said to be good for your immune system. Uh, that, yeah. So if you if you uh, regularly walk in nature, uh, people that do that are, uh, are have, and that's that's also proven by scientists that they have a lower risk of developing all kinds of illnesses, and in, including type two diabetes and uh, asthma and heart disease and even some forms of cancers. Um, I mean, of all the reasons why you should spend more time outside and walk into nature, I mean, this is a whole list of reasons why you should. And the, the scientists don't know exactly how this works, why spending in nature is so good for you, for your both your physical health and also your mental uh, well-being. But they believe that it has some kind of trigger in your body to 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 rest and 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 digest and some researchers think that um it has to do with uh, in inhaling phytoncides uh, which are produced by plants to and and that helps to increase our levels of white blood cells and they play a central role in helping the immune system to fight off infections and diseases and um and that's theory uh, because i don't think there's consensus on it yet would also explain why from tests it turns out that people that spend more time amongst trees have way more benefits than people that go to um, let's say a, a beautiful field with grass so it's it's uh, it 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 helps to really be amongst uh, uh, trees and then there's of course breathing of fresh air, which is uh, which also plays a role in, in making white blood cells. And um, it's if you if you briskly walk, you don't have to run, but just do serious walking. Um, you you're you're going to breathe better. And uh, so uh, spending time in nature, and as you already described when you were walking, did you actually pay attention to how you walk? which you normally don't do. Let's say when you go shopping in the supermarket, um, I don't pay attention to how I walk. I only pay attention that I don't bump into somebody. But when you're out in nature, you think about how you walk. And also if you walk with walking sticks, you're really thinking about how do I basically walk now like a kind of animal with four feet instead of two feet. So how do you, how do you make use of that? And you listen better to, to your body. You listen to your feet. Uh, because as soon as you start, you know, forming a blister or something, you have to be aware of it as soon as possible because then you can still avoid it. So it's it's um, you train yourself to to much better listen to your body. So, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of um, uh, yeah, a lot of health yeah. benefits here. Yeah, it's true. And you say about that is I think is also a walking meditation. Um, that's also a thing we always talk about, you know, we all read in the press about how meditation is good for us and how we should slow down, how we should think and how we should ruminate on things. And actually, when we take a walk in nature, um, it allows our brain to do that, allows our brain to just not focus on anything other than the trees and where we're putting our feet. Um, you know, there's a bit of like peril 
as well, which is also good for our brains. We know that through biophilic design. You know, I was banging on about that as well. Um, but, you know, we need a little bit of that in our lives too and a bit of prospects and refuge and, and awe as well as one of those things that kind of inspires us to... Um, uh, for our brains to unwind and to, and to expand and you know um and to just just relax really so um that's really really good um and the air quality you mentioned um yeah of course there's the stuff that comes off the plants that's giving off oxygen absorbing the carbon dioxide it's it's really good it cleanses the air and it reduces the vocs and all this sort of stuff um but also we know that um in the the earth itself um the soil i mean the actual soil that gives off um a goodness as well which is great for our our lungs and um and that and for cleaning cle you know cleansing us too so um for so many reasons and this is smell of it you know and i think that's one of the things as well i mean you mentioned the sort of the breathing and fresh air and that and it's just it's just wonderful so you do you do breathe deeper and, and you know and if i mean I'd listeners as well i mean things just think back when you were at last in in the forest and the smell, it's a smell, it's so unique of the crushed leaves, you know, depending what time of year it is, if it's in the winter, you get that sort of wet, musty sort of smell, you can might, might smell the mushrooms a little bit if there's any trail of that left, um, and then in the spring you get the, you know, the, the early um, tree, flower, you know, flowers, the blossom starts coming on, um, you know, the, even, even the smell of the sun as it's heating up the, well, not the smell of the sun, but <laughs> of the leaves um, as they start heating um, and the smell of the bark as well. Um, and the earth starts heating up. For me, I can almost feel like the earth is alive. It's like it's almost like the earth. It's like I'm walking actually on um, a living creature, particularly when the sun shines, because the earth becomes like elephant skin. It's like a skin that we're walking on. And, and, I, and for me, it's just such an honour to be able to, you know, and I do talk about communing and it is like communing with the, with the heartbeat of Earth, with Gaia, um, you know, I think. Um, and the more we do it, the more we respect it and the more we, we transfer that into our everyday lives to, to live greener, um, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I recognize a lot of that, and especially now in springtime. It's just amazing mm. to see, in certainly here in in. in, in um, in Ottawa, where you have like half a year of winter, and then nature really has to catch up to quickly, quickly. They basically skip springtime and immediately <laughs> switch to summer. So that you see these trees are doing really an effort to grow as fast as possible to do everything that the tree ne tree needs to do before they they start this long hibernation again. And you just see it booming and and getting alive. You got this fresh green color now <clears throat> everywhere. And when I'm looking outside now, I just, just see a completely different landscape than just a month ago when we still had some snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, now it's really hot and humid and green, and it's, it's, it's really, um, really beautiful. And um, we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll do uh, callers in in about 10 minutes. So uh, I, I remember Sajid, and please come in then um, in, uh, in about 10 minutes. And so it's, it's also that nature... Um, inspires creative thinking and that is that is something i recognize so much i re i remember that my father used to walk the dog early in the morning and he he was a complete workaholic he was always he was a doctor he was always in hospital but early in the morning he walked the dog um that was on on 
walking a bit in nature. And then he, he later told me in, in one of his last years, he said that everything I ever created in my life, and, and he had done a lot, he'd done all kinds of, of great initiatives. And he said, all the inspiration I always got in those those first 20 minutes in the morning when I was walking with the dog. And that is something that I really recognize. When I take a few days of hiking, um, a lot of the things that I have set up, especially in, in let's say, the past six years, when I'm, I'm constantly trying to renew things and be creative and, and, and try out new things, and I know that sometimes they fail, they often fail, actually, and sometimes something works. But all of these ideas uh, I develop while walking, uh, while being out in nature. And uh, so it's 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 also now that I said I'm going to walk a lot this summer, which is basically to compensate for laying half a year on the couch and being in horribly bad shape. Um, and not having been in a gym for two years. So I, I just need to do something to challenge myself. But um, it's it's also you know get me out of this office, get me away from the screen, and just 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 yeah, be out there and 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 look around me and 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 just uh, just enjoy the landscape and 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 the enormous space that you have around you when I'm outside. So yeah, so so and even short walks, you know, just um, park your car a bit further from your home and walk 10 minutes to your car that is already so much better than just uh um, just park the car right in front of your office or right in front of your home yeah absolutely and it's also good for your bone density so um they say this you know you talk about exercising but it's so good for you um to do that obviously it, re- it re- lowers your levels of like bad cholesterol um you know and also your blood cells that you mentioned you know and, and it increases your level of of high density alternative cholesterol so the good cholesterol so it gets rid of the bad stuff and it boosts the the good cholesterol um and of course that obviously keeps your blood pressure in check so it's, it's all these sort of good physical reasons as well for doing it um as well as boosting your immune system um we know that's really good um and like you say Alex, if you've been sitting on the couch like like I have <laughs> or sitting in front of the laptop um, doing Zoom calls and all that sort of stuff like we all have over lockdown and sort of this hybrid working that we're moving into. Um, I think it's it's really good. We need to we need to make sure we get out into nature. So to help fight um, all the bugs and, and all sort of, you know, it's just to boost our immune system, really, to be fair. Um, I've just just you sort of mentioned about, you know, what could you do, you know, like, for instance, parking your car just a little bit further. Um, one of the things that I have done, actually, and it's sort of it's quite a long, you know, long distance. You can do like a, a half marathon or a marathon. Um, but there's a lot of um, org- organized walks that you can do for charity, which is fantastic because it means you kind of feel you have to go because you've booked yourself in for it. And especially if you get sponsored. But it also gives you an amazing feel good factor because you think, well, I've actually I'm not even making myself fit because I'm going on this long walk and you're training. Um, but you're also raising some money for a good cause, whatever that may be, whatever your personal, you know, um, you know, charity of, of choices kind of thing that you want to um, want to do. But um, and it's great camaraderie as well. So if you can walk with friends or you can, you know, walk with other people on it. So um, it's really, really good. Um, the Japanese, which just to go back to the immune system thing, the Japanese actually um, was the first I believe, to um, introduce forest bathing as on prescription. They started this thing that people know as Shinrin Yuku, um, which is about taking time, sort of meditation in nature, um, to breathe 
in nature to take time out in nature if you imagine in tokyo particularly like where i was um you know sort of burnout neon lights traffic people on the phones all this sort of stuff um to actually get out into the woods um as as you mentioned before you know the levels of white blood cells were better and they stayed elevated they stayed in in a better position for you know for more than a month after after they've actually gone out and spent time in nature so you know the more you can do it the more you sort of just keep topping yourself up really you know it's like filling the tank up on your car which we don't want to do of course we don't want to use the cars but you know <laughs> so you've so take swap your car for you um get out get into the woods and then sort of top your own energy systems up um and it's brilliant because it helps battle germs and um you know because it recognizes all the pathogens and all the little harmful little bug things that sort of um you know that get into our system because our antibodies are all boosted so they kind of go oh you know they're, they're they're super active within like you know like sherlock holmes in your body now and they're kind of running around going oh i know i i see there's a bad thing so um so the more we can walk in nature basically the better the better um the, the sherlock holmes in our bodies um, kind of <laughs> kind of kind of kick in really so um you know yeah um, yeah, it, it's, it's also, yeah. also if you look at the numbers, I mean, from they, they really looked at large numbers. I mean, this is a study that I have here about women. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked, I think, at about 100,000 women or so. But it, it, it turned out that if you take at least 7,000 steps per day, which is, let's say, one hour of walking, um, that, uh, that was associated with a 50 to 70% lower risk of premature deaths. So... Uh, in, in other words, you could say that you get a return on investment. You know, you you <laughs> you invest one hour of walking, and what you get back is that you have a much higher chance to live longer and to live longer in in good health. And uh, and that brings me also. You mentioned uh, Japan and walking. It was a Japanese guy who said, I think already in the 1960s, that. You should walk, everybody should walk 10,000 steps a day. And he just picked 10,000 just because, you know, it's an easy number to remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that is, let's say, about one and a half hours of walking. And then that 10,000, everybody stuck to it worldwide. Everybody always spoke about those 10,000 steps. Now they actually researched it much better in the past few years. And the conclusion is that what you need to do is walk about 7,000 steps a day. So that is that's about one hour. And if you want to know how many steps you take, just look on your smartphone. I mean, I have, for instance, I use an iPhone, and on the iPhone there's this app that's called Health. And that counts for you whether you want it or not, because it might be kind of uh, infringement of your privacy. Um, but it it counts how many steps you take. So I suppose for me, I walk like three times up and down the coffee machine this morning. <laughs> so I I'm probably at like two hundred <laughs> steps today. Um, so I'm, I'm 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 certainly not on target yet. Um, but it it counts your steps, and you can you can just see if you walk outside, you can just see uh, how many steps you've taken. So it it helps to have some kind of motivation. I think it's easier than measuring a time that you have walked <laughs> um so it's uh but seven thousand steps a day it's 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 a good uh point walking more than seven thousand steps doesn't really add uh to your health uh, nobody is saying that it's bad for you uh but if, whether you walk seven thousand or whether you walk twelve thousand a day that doesn't really matter that much so you better take two days of seven thousand than one day of uh fourteen thousand and 
Um, I don't know how that is with you, but for mm -hmm. me, the experience is that I'm often proud to say, hey, I hit the 7,000 today, and then the next day I completely forget about it, and I don't feel guilty because I simply don't look at it. So um, you, 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 you need probably a kind of better schedule to, to force yourself to, uh, to look at these things. And, um, it's so true. Yeah, I was, gonna, yeah. I was just going to say, actually, yeah, you're completely right. Because um, you do, you don't, unless you look at the app where you have the, the thing, the pop-up to remind you, then, then you don't bother. You go, oh, it's fine. I didn't notice it. But um, if you don't have a smartphone, and this is back to meditation uh, as well, you can actually count. So, right. So what you can do is you can look at your watch before you leave or your clock on the wall or whatever it is, and you can walk and count. Um, you can count one way, 3,500. 3, and this is, so then, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot into your thing, actually, because you have to focus and focus and focus. And then when you get to that end, walk back and then you'll know how long that's taken you. And it probably sounds obvious, but actually it's quite an interesting thing, especially if you're really stressed, <laughs> just to focus on counting numbers, because that's also um, switches off all the other stuff that's going on. So um, anyway, that might be a thing. You might have to take a notebook and sort of like do a tally and say, well, I've done a thousand. Oh. Or I might have done two. Anyway, whatever it is. <laughs> It might be a way of doing it. So yeah, um, the problem is people always count what they're good at. So if I if I talk about living sustainably sustainably with friends, they always pick something that they do which is sustainable. Let's say you live close to the supermarket and you go there on your bike anyway, mm -hmm. um, and they say, "Yeah, I always bike to the supermarket," as if that is some kind of commitment. But then they don't mention that they go on holiday to Hawaii by plane or something, and. Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody does that. Same with people that are um, uh, having a diet. They they <laughs> proudly mention the thing they did not eat, but they don't mention the bar of chocolate that they just consumed <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Oh, you know me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very much like that too. I think that's just very much uh, human. I'm looking at the clock. We are we normally talk for about a half an hour, and then we open it. I, I saw that uh, Sajid um, had a had a question, and thank you very much for joining, uh, Sajid. I, it's always nice to see new faces uh, here. Um, so if you're still out there, uh, please um, uh, please join in. Um, and I see there's also some people writing. Let me quickly look there. Uh, oh, I see all kinds of things are happening in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, yes, natural light is better for the eyes, apparently. Oh, on Louisa, on that remark, um, if you walk outside a lot, your eyes are getting better. And it's also shown that um, children that grow up and spend more time outside playing, uh, that they generally have better eyes than kids that are playing all, playing all their computer games inside. It's It's not... A huge surprise you would expect it but it's clearly the case what you also see is that uh through hikers that are doing let's say the appalachian trail or the or the pacific crest trail or something like that that while they are walking if they wear glasses that, that about halfway they have to go to what do you what is the word in english optrician or something so a guy that sells you glasses or a woman and uh because they they need Glasses that are less strong because their eyes have uh, have really uh, really improved and uh, yeah walking meditation of course uh, a great episode thank you Stefan and and please uh, join us we have um, we have about four episodes a week but the one on green living is only one a week it's every Monday so please keep uh, keep joining us uh, often and Evelyn is biking to uh, I it's bike to work months which is nice that they do that in the months of May and not in January and I can totally ride my bike from my bedroom to my study which is wonderful and as I've said earlier 
in um, in this podcast and in other places that uh, literally all my life, every job that I have done in the Netherlands and every school that I went to, any university I went to, but also every job I ever did in the Netherlands, I went to work on my bike. Mm-hmm. And I've lived in... in in many different cities, I've I've worked in different places, I've lived in different houses, but I always went to work by bike. I mean, except when it's like raining cats and dogs, and you, then, you, then you take a tram or a bus or something. But let's say in 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 ninety five or ninety eight percent of the cases, you just get on your bike, and not not like you see in many countries that people then put on all kinds of colorful lycra and then they put their suit in their backpack the way Dutch people do it. You just sit straight on your on your bicycle, you nicely look around, you chat with your colleagues that you meet along the way, and you're just wearing your suit and your tie in the days that people were still wearing suits and ties, which is pre-pandemic, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so that is uh, that is a healthy thing. I see Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. You have to unmute yourself. Yeah, I know. It's just I have to give permission that it can use my, I don't know. I need to work on the setting. Can you hear me okay? I have difficulty hearing you. Okay, let's see. Is that better? No! I heard a no, but there it stops. (laughs) Hang on, is that better? Otherwise, maybe maybe type it in the chat and we can still... Okay. We can still see it. <laughs> Thanks for joining, but this is not working. And um, yeah, so uh, but we'll soon see something pop up in in the chat. But yeah, so that is. Uh, I mean, that brings me to another point. Um, I believe that the way uh, governments and, and municipalities, how they design their country, how they design their cities, how they combine the functions of a city of of working recreation living education etc if you if you cluster that in an in an in a creative way like in a way that where europe is so much better than uh, the north america you encourage people to walk if when i'm in i've i've lived a lot in the hague uh, i had a car but the car was to get out of town but inside the town, there's just nothing. I don't do, I do my groceries on a bicycle. I go to work on my bicycle. I walk to a lot of things that are nearby. If I go to a cafe or a restaurant or anything, I, I walk it. And there's no place to park anyway. So why would you use a car? And most people live like that. And even mm-hmm. even our prime minister uh, uses his bicycle to go to work. Even when he when he had to present a new government uh, to the king uh, last time, he just went on his bicycle, <laughs> puts it, it became a world famous picture. He put it next to one of those. Uh, uh, beautifully dressed security guards that are standing in front of the palace. He he then locked his bicycle, which was hilarious. But Dutch people always lock their bicycle when they when they step <laughs> off. It's like one move. Uh, but that 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 went viral worldwide. Prime Minister locks his bicycle in the king's palace, standing next to a guard. <laughs> but that's that's the way it 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 goes in Netherlands. And I think that that yeah that generally keeps people more healthy and uh, the. The people in the, the 
longest longevity you you also find in well japan is is has a good score on that but uh, but europe northwestern europe scores yeah. really good on uh, on that scale so yeah so that's exactly. certainly uh, certainly that's, a point i see that evelyn says too much to type uh, she will okay. try again on another form on another phone okay but uh, <laughs> if it's too long to type don't make the comment much much longer than needed um, <laughs> so yeah and back to you Ness yeah well, I was just going to say about cities I mean we've spoken before we actually launched out this green living thing about talking about biophilic cities so people who are listening don't know about biophilia I suggest you go look it up. Biophilic design is 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 a new new thing, um, but biophilic cities um, are one of the key design um, kind of um, movements, if you want, um, to bringing wildlife and wildlife corridors um, and green spaces and parks into cities. Just like what you're saying, Alex. You know, being able to use your bicycle to go here and there and everywhere. Um, to create safe walkways um, for us to walk in, um, you know, places which have got interest as well, you know, sort of tree-lined things. So not, we're not talking about just putting a walkway down the side of a freeway um, so you've got like, all the pollution like, and you're going to, like, die because you've got so many rubbish things going into your lungs, um, but actually creating safe um, environments, safe havens, um, which are healthy, <laughs> yeah, uh, which also sound good. You know, we mentioned before about the sounds of nature when you're walking in 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 the forest or in nature, even in in, in the city. You you know, we spoke before about robins and sparrows, and you know, and, and sometimes you can you know when the when the traffic stops, <laughs> you might hear like a red kite or a bird of prey, you know, cawing above your head, and it's 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 a magical thing, isn't it? Or if you're walking home late at night or later at night, and you get the you know the owls, the barn owls coming, or you know here you you get the the the, the bats going. When I first moved here, I was like, oh, this, the birds are out late tonight. And I was like, oh, oh my word, there's a it's a bat, and you know I I never really sat still and long enough to to kind of witness it but obviously now i now i've got my ears and well not my ears but my eyes tuned obviously i've not got bad ears although maybe i have readers uh, listeners you don't know <laughs> I, have bad, bad ears. I can check um, that on my zoom screen so you still can't see <laughs> um That's true. but um i think it's just i think it's, it's yeah, <laughs> um, but it's but it's really great to have um, to bring wildlife corridors into into cities um, for equity as well for people who are living in inner cities where they can't get out or they're just like in a concrete jungle um, to have access to nature and uh, just like what you're saying, Alex. You know, to have access to trees, particularly little parks, um, little places of greenery which they can go and escape and be calm because they've also proven that um, there's less antisocial behaviour when people are surrounded by greenery because it, I, I, for whatever reason I need, yeah. we do need to kind of look at those research but there's loads and loads of research that's been done um, you need less medicine, you need less um, um, you know, sort of drugs to, to kind of lift you and things because you've, you're, receiving a, you're receiving nature's boon um, and you know, nature's gift of healing if you want nature's you know. drugs <laughs> yeah, nature's drugs, it is, nature is a drug it's a fantastic, yeah. it's a happy drug you know? it really yeah. is I love yeah, it. Yeah, wow. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I see Evelyn again. Hi, Evelyn. <clears throat> Not a try. Hope it works. <laughs> Unmute, Evelyn. Yeah. Is that better? Yes. This is better. Okay, good. Now, it's not it's not that much, but I just didn't feel like typing it. Um, it's um, what you said about the bluebells. 
mm-hmm. at, at the very beginning. I loved your uh, your pictures. I think you posted them on Instagram, Vanessa. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Those are really lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, then something on like creativity and stuff. I I bring a little notepad with me whenever I walk, mm-hmm. and I stop very frequently just to write stuff down that I don't want to forget. And I don't do that on my phone because then I get all sorts of distracted. So I don't do that. But yeah. And I have like a note, that notebook or notepad full of, full of ideas that I want to follow up on. Mm -hmm. And on the bike to work, uh, that was actually, that was a joke. I mean, it doesn't specify how, long your bike ride has to be so I asked if I could just ride it from my bedroom to my study which is like I don't know 25 30 meters (laughs) but anyway so it's allowed and that goes well with what you said you know it's all a matter of a matter of distance but actually biking to work would be 85 kilometers which is kind of far I could probably do halfway quite easily Mm -hmm. and the rest on a train and then just something quickly on villages that I'd never been to. I'm walking along the Rhine, right? And the, there's villages that are literally a, just across the, those hills behind the house here that I've never been to. I didn't even know they existed because that's not, I mean, there's hills, you know, so I don't go that way. I go up and down the valley, but not across the hills, right? Oh, faint heart. <laughs> exactly. So we're like, we're back into that, like, um, uh, how, what did you call it? Um, I think it was in Thursday's episode, but, you know, we're just very regional here. It's like, this is, this is like my area. So I stay here. But anyway, so there's like there's lovely villages, and I put two things in the in the chat room, Roman um, theaters and just um, ruins, remains stuff mm. that you can look at here. And there's a lot of that along that route that I walked. And there's actually something like a wall of some some house that's right across the street here from I I'll go out and take a picture. Um, when we're done here um, from like the first century. I can't remember, but there's a plaque. So I'll take a picture of that. Thanks, Evelyn. We'll look forward to seeing that. I was just just going to say thanks. Thanks for your comment, Evelyn. I appreciate that. Um, About notebooks. Um, I always take a notebook with me, Um, even when I'm traveling abroad or wherever I'm, Mm -hmm. wherever I am, I have a little moleskin journal. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, and and I have the one without lines in, so I draw and I sketch and I write ideas down and things. So um, I think it's a brilliant idea. I also write poetry, quite bad poetry, but it's but it's fun to make, you know, kind of just to express how I see and what I feel. And that's also really good to help us help our minds focus on elements of nature when we're out walking. Um, you know that we can, if we if we can think of other words and other phrases to to express how we feel in nature mm-hmm. um is a really really great um so, so thanks thanks very much for your comment yeah thanks guys really, i'm really gonna cool. hang up <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> there's you. also this uh this story that uh or this study that uh, nature improves the cognitive function so uh, mm. interacting with the natural environment uh, improves the the executive function when when performing all kinds of cognitive tasks so uh, when you spend time in in nature, it 
uh, is proven that with a lot of people at least uh, it has a positive impact on your ability to maintain focus so that makes kind of sense that you take a book to uh, to make notes yeah. because you are focusing much better than you would do um, in in a city and uh, mm. urban environments are proven to drain your energy and being in nature uh, is exactly the opposite and it seems that uh, natural environments deliver better results uh, than artificial nature and green spaces in cities although those green spaces are really nice to have uh, and they're better than being in in pure concrete um, in a city you still have noise and air pollution they have like advertising billboards and and it is it's really busy with traffic etc so this um it, it it still gives a kind of overload when you're trying to focus so let's say there's like three steps you can really be in 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 the middle of a busy city you can be let's say on Times square in manhattan um, or you can be in a green space in the city that's already much better and uh, the highest form of um, of being able to focus is really being out in nature uh, where it's uh, really uh, green mm, and um, yeah. that's, that's I also great. saw a few comments from uh, Marianne who speaks about uh, yeah biking to work there she agrees although her bike is in storage and uh, yeah and what what uh, Ida says on biking in Netherlands it is a way of living yes but it hasn't always been like that we created it in in during my lifetime when I grew up uh, our country was similar to any other country it's uh, it's 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 really been a dedicated policy for a long time so it's it's it can be done it just asks for yeah dedication from your leaders and you need to vote on the right parties uh, to uh, to get there i was looking at the Absolutely. clock where we're nearing uh, a full hour of chatting um ness any <laughs> any okay. ideas you you still want to pop or shall we shall we let <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody go and, um, and, and, and go on just, with whatever they were planning for today? Do you know what? I do want to say one thing, though, actually, because you, you mentioned before about, you know, happening in your in your lifetime, the, you know, the country change in your lifetime, this sort of you know, the bicycles and everything and kind of like this different way of living. I wish there was a blueprint. That's what we need to do. We need to develop a blueprint that we can then take to cities and councils and, and governments and go, look, you know, hey, hey. The Dutch did it. <laughs> Can we do it too? You know, and then it makes it really, really simple. It's like, you know, just follow this blueprint and there yeah. you go. It must be written down somewhere. Someone's probably done a, a study or something. But um, yeah, anyway, I think I think that's what we should do. So that's that's kind of my parting remark. Let's get a blueprint from 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 the Dutch. <laughs> from yeah, you. <laughs> well, there's, there's loads of experience there or the Danish. They're also so mm. good. The, 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 the Danes, I should say in a city like Copenhagen. I just, I just love to hang around there and just to see how they have organized everything, how livable that city is. That is that is just such a wonderful um, example. And um, mm. yeah, so so um, I, I just wish that I could take some mayors of big cities in America and put them on a plane and, and, and bring them to Europe and, and show them how how much nicer you can make a city and how much people will be healthier and happier and it's it it's there's just so much that 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 can be done and that's not for outrageous cost it just asked for 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 better planning it has been done before 
and it actually um, improves the the quality in your city in such a way that it also has an economic benefit because you know the best people uh, want to move to your city because they want to have their kids also you know growing up in more green spaces etc. They like to live them there themselves, so it's um, it's 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 a win win on uh, on all sides. So yeah, I think with that uh, we are, as I said, getting close to the hour, which is our real maximum that we're that we're trying to have. I'm happy to to see that we had so many listeners. I'm happy to see that we had new listeners today. You're most welcome, uh, especially for the uh, more uh, new. Oh, <clears throat> I see a comment from Marianne that is interesting. She says that this call-in session is uh, from her laptop where she has more features to use but the interesting thing is that until now if somebody was on a laptop i believe that you never saw an avatar um, and uh, we do see that now so there's probably a new version of um, uh, of of uh, of call-in that has been installed again uh, Charlie is listening. He's the expert. He knows all these, all these things much better than I do. I'll check on that later. Um, <clears throat> for those that are new in this podcast, uh, there's always uh, three regular podcasts. One on Monday at eleven o'clock Eastern Time. That is this one on green living. There's also every Thursday uh, the one with Alistair Doyle, where we focus more on environment, stuff like climate change and biodiversity loss in the oceans and, and ice shells calving off and all, all the kind of, let's say, the bigger problems on this planet, including their solutions, whereas Green Living on the Monday is more on, on the individual. Um, but that one is every Thursday at uh, 3 o'clock, so starting four hours later than we start on the Monday. And... Um, Every Sunday, I aim for normally at about five o'clock on the Sunday. I do a very short podcast, which is, which is just five or ten minutes, uh, just sharing a bit of my own thoughts. And that is, that is different than every other concept because there's no guest. It is short, and it's not like uh, I'm not going into some kind of debate or something. See, it's more like a kind of short opinion page, as you as you see in in the media. So that one is a bit the odd one out. And then there is uh, the people that uh, I have as guests. There might be one tomorrow, but that one is unconfirmed and, and it's, it's, uh, it's just 50-50. If that will work, um, if that is the case, I will, uh, I will inform you via all social media and call in itself. Um, but I also have an interesting one for you starting at the same time as today. So that is 11 o'clock Eastern time, New York time. Uh, that's on Wednesday at 11 o'clock and that is about traveling, green traveling. How can you fly less and how can you enjoy um, uh, traveling by train and, and, and all kinds of other ways um, with an author who wrote a book about it. So I hope that, uh, that uh, you can join uh, there as well. So that's it for now. Uh, with that, um, thank you so much for joining today. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> okay. Hope to see you all soon again. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye.